Everybody sucks. It's just one of those things. Oh, no. <laughs> the way you made your face, you look like Andy Samberg, but not Fred Durst. Fuck Andy, Andy Samberg. No! <laughs> I mean, uh, well. <laughs> she said, mm, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she sounds miserable. All she does is scream. Sometimes it's like that. Yeah. Same, Julie. I feel the same. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we just wanted to hop on before this episode. So we finally, you know, for weeks we've been talking about doing a mini episode on Dave Grohl to appease Cassie. And we finally did it. Uh, However, we recorded this episode before. It It was like a week before Taylor Hawkins, their drummer, the drummer of the Foo Fighters, died. Um, So just bear that in mind as you listen to this uh we like to record all of our mini episodes kind of in advance we try to get a handful of them done at once so it just doesn't it doesn't feel right to release an episode on dave Grohl, like knowing what happened to another member of the foo fighters in the last week so just right just know that this was recorded a while ago we are hopping on in present day to let you know that what the situation is and next week we are going to be doing a mini episode on taylor hawkins um if you somehow missed what's going on foo fighters are a great band you should listen to them and um i hope you enjoy this mini episode and next week's like we said is going to be on taylor hawkins and his his first his early days with the foo fighters on to the episode I just want to. Is there an opening? No, oh, okay. you guys, that's too much. That's too much. You guys are having back. some real problems in the bathroom. <laughs> what? Uh, we just recorded a. We just recorded a couple of episodes, and then Cassie came back from the bathroom, and she was like, "It's it's, it's like ten steps away," and she was like, "Seriously, out of breath." I had to pee. <laughs> She's like huffing and puffing. Like, <laughs> I just it thought is, it was funny. It is funny, but it sucks because every like any little interaction I do because I am pregnant. I'm just out of breath. Yeah. She came in and she was like, oh, Ooh, man, that was tough. And then Jake, I don't know what the fuck was going on with Jake, but he, were you locked out or locked in? No, the, the, my bedroom door knob is messed up. So the little thing doesn't come out all uh, the way from the, the door frame. Okay. And so sometimes I have to like really twist it and then like kind of break my way in. So I got to replace that thing. <laughs> Yeah, Cassie was Slightly. just like in the bathroom and Jake's like fumbling with the door, like <laughs> like ramming into it. And we're like, are you okay? Yeah, I've never okay? had it be that bad. Normally I can just like, if I twist it just right, I can, it'll pop it was, open. But that thing was just not budging that time. you were time. getting frustrated. It started to get very violent. And then on your way out, so the same problem, but we're making it through. New studio. Let's see. We've been teasing Cassie with something she might actually like to cover for a while now. It's been about a month of making her wait. <laughs> and we've also... And threatening me with Van, Van Halen. Halen yeah. <laughs> yes. Threatening with Van Halen and Axl Rose. We've also made you talk about black metal. Um, we've covered a lot of Beatles stuff lately. Mm-hmm. So... That's true. Basically, Cassie has not enjoyed this podcast. That's not true. For the last six months. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> and um, nice now try. we figure we'll throw her a bone, even though it's fun to tease her. So today we're going to do some Dave Grohl shit, who, if you have listened to our previous episodes, Cassie is obsessed with Dave Grohl. She wished that Dave Grohl would throw her a bone and that this baby was baby Dave. <laughs> Probably. Look. <laughs> Am I wrong? 
That just, I mean, you say obsessive. I, I'm not to the extent of like I'm gonna stalk somebody and then you're not Bjork's stalker no, level obsessive. Like a... Which, Ugh. by the way, we just put up a, a couple of weeks ago. We got a new Patreon episode f- about Bjork's stalker. So if you're interested in that whole story, right. it is on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Search for Death by Podcast Team. But Cassie is not that level with no, Dave Grohl. Yet. But I love him. She does love him. I think he's very cool. It is a para what para is that social relationship para social no. <laughs> relationship where he doesn't know who the fuck you are right. and you're obsessed with well, you love him I love, I just if love he him. were to be he probably is married he is definitely married oh, okay i was gonna say if he were to be married would you want to murder him no i don't okay. want to murder him open relationship sorry <laughs> well that's good that's good if dave Grohl ever listens to this cassie does not want to murder you there is nothing to be afraid of <laughs> That makes it sound worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that at all. It's like, I just think he's really cool. It's like when uh, Jake, you said something about metal people. You were like, see, normal people. Oh, Nothing yeah. to be afraid of. <laughs> Burns yeah. down church. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jake, I think you have to do some stuff. Oh, damn it. Hi, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to Death by Music Podcast. You're I am the one Jake. who signed up for this. Yeah, I know. And you hired me. so I didn't hire you if I didn't pay you. You're just You agreed here. to this whole thing. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I don't know why. You suggested it. <laughs> I know. Jake asked us if he could be on the podcast, and we said yes. Uh, yeah, so right now okay. I am Jake. Well, Cassie's going to read this one because, well, she gets to talk about her boy. My boy. And um, I pulled this from NME, but it actually comes from Dave Grohl's book, yes. The Storyteller, Tales of a Life in Music. It's it's all, it's basically summaries of some interesting stories about his life from his, right. what do you call it, a, an autobiography, a memoir? It's a memoir. It's from okay. his perspective. Um, it's also written exactly like he talks, so it's really fun to read. Hmm. Okay. Well, and the, this article is by Mark Beaumont uh, from NME. Go ahead. Oh, she's got a yawn break. I'm sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> you should have this coffee. <laughs> this Coca-Cola coffee. I'm limited to what caffeine I can ingest oh, that's per day. True. So, how much is in there? It doesn't say that on here. It that's should have right. it somewhere. Don't, oh, don't they? 69 milligrams. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. um, I can have that. Um, <laughs> so I guess these are just little snippets mm-hmm. from here. So it says there was the time... He, as in Dave Grohl, got caught up in an Amsterdam squat riot between punks and fascists the day Elton John leapt out of a limo to greet him on Oxford Street. So um, this is the night he was plucked from obscurity as the teenage drummer in the support band Scream to play a launch party in Iggy Pop's impromptu backing band. Mm. And the first of several White House performances when George W. Bush called him dude. Um, Dave Grohl's debut book, The Storyteller, is a catalog of such unimaginable experiences, a series of beers after dinner tales compiled like snapshots from one of the most storied rock and roll lives. <sighs> Told you I'm out of breath. <laughs> she didn't even have to walk to the bathroom there. <laughs> That's a long ass <laughs> sentence, though. <laughs> um, I did. He was doing an interview that I watched recently where, um, because him and Paul McCartney have gotten really close, mm-hmm. but one of the first times or maybe just one of the times he came over for dinner, it was him and his wife. And Dave Grohl's like, Paul McCartney's in my living room, dude. Like, this is so cool. What the heck? And he's like, I don't take pictures of him. I think it's rude. But like, he's my friend. Like, we're friends, but I don't take pictures of him. And so he said that his daughter was younger and Paul sat down at his piano and started playing a Beatles song. And he was like, dude, it's fucking Paul McCartney playing in my living room. And so his daughter sat next to him and he was like showing her 
the piano Damn, that's cool. and he was yeah, like that's crazy sneakily taking a picture because he was like i want to remember this <laughs> when i'm old but i also don't want to be creepy because it's paul right mccartney i, I don't know um, it's, it's you got a picture of your kid yeah you know. yeah you have to do it in a way that that's it would moment. be normal like right even if he weren't Paul McCartney, you would probably think that's cute and take a picture. I feel like yeah. you got to have a Polaroid camera for that because like, yeah. then people people make excuses to use Polaroid cameras. You know, if you had that, then he probably wouldn't see it as creepy. It's just cool to have it print out right there. Right. It's not like there. I'm going to get him on my Instagram story. Yeah. But then he yeah. said he got up the next morning and he was making breakfast for the whole family and his daughter was like playing the song and he was like. And he walked That's in the room cool. and she saw him and then like never touched it again, <laughs> <Like, no! laughs> which is funny. So, um, so the first part is Dave's teenage rock star promotion. Premonition. Tr- oh, promotion. <laughs> Premonition came true. Okay. Grohl only ever had one drum lesson from Washington, D.C. jazz legend Lenny Robinson. He largely taught himself how to play by smacking pillows along to punk albums in ACDC. Yet at age 13, he foresaw his future as a roaring titan of stadium rock. Dumped by Sandy, his girlfriend, of about a week, the anguish from which has driven him to exercise his heartbreak through songwriting ever since, he claims. He had a dream in which he was playing to an arena of adoring fans, only to spot Sandy in the front row, racked with tears of regret. Oh my god, so cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) Almost 30 years later, on the Wasted Light tour, Sandy did indeed show up at a Foo Fighters show, front row, flipping him the middle finger. Oh my god. (laughs) He recognized her? That's crazy. They spelled exercise wrong in this. No, they say, like exercise the demons. <laughs> That's how you spell that one. Oh, like exorcist. That? Yeah, it's two different words. Like exorcism. Oh. oh. Not like he was doing jazz. You mean jazz or size? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you know that song's on YouTube. Is it? It's yeah. always that's a back burner song for me. It's in my head. Do, I'm like, do, do, do. Add on cassette. All right. Jake, remember working out Barbie? <laughs> no, remember that. So both Dave and Kurt played drums with their teeth. Ooh. Um, Dave was born. Yeah, I'm imagining how is this happening? (laughs) Get the stick in your mouth. Um, Dave was born with a natural biological metronome in his molars. As he'd walked to school as a teenager, he played his teeth like a full drum kit. What? Oh, I get that. And even put on a full dental performance of Rush tracks for his dentist. The only other person he ever met that did this was Kurt Cobain. (laughs) I've done that before. That's where you like you just kind of do like drum beat. you, You kind of clack your teeth together and you're like you're the only one that can really hear that and mm-hmm. you just make songs and drum beats in your head i mean i get I, i've it. done it before I, 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 oh well you must be a musical genius god damn right i am i got a guitar right here <laughs> there is a guitar directly behind you and when is the last time that you picked up that guitar oh probably like two years ago okay no actually two weeks ago because i had to move it to get all the shit out of this room ah, yes, <laughs> and I then see, i had to put it back I in the see. corner um he sold his soul to john bonham at a seance oh that makes sense why he's famous um age 17 and delving into mysticism dave constructed a makeshift candlelit shrine in his garage festooned with john bonham's three circle logo and the number 606 as part of a rite he hoped would harness the power of the universe to achieve my greatest desire rock stardom maybe tenacious dean knew something we did You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your, in your little, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We all, we all artists over here, man. I'm Y'all trying, all right? Oh, yeah. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. 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 Me, we all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We going to have this like... 
Me and my man, like me and my man Kai, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. With this I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta don't lie. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit serious. I was about to say, didn't he play the devil in uh, Tenacious D? Oh, was he the devil? I think so. Look it up. Oh, it was Dave Grohl. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Nirvana were almost killed by security in Dallas. Bruh. Dave's Nirvana years are brushed over in about two chapters in the, uh, the book Storyteller, but there are plenty of intriguing snippets crammed in. Their period of pre-nevermind poverty, even as major labels scrambled for their signatures, saw Dave sleep on Kurt's sofa in a one-bedroom apartment alongside Cobain's pet turtle and live on... Three gas station corn dogs a day. Sucking on the dog. How did we miss the pet turtle in the Kurt Cobain episode? I don't know. We should have mentioned it. Yeah. We failed you guys. Damn. Sorry. Um, plus, Kurt's specialist dinner, shit on a shingle, which I've heard of before, canned tuna, pepper, flour, and toast on treat nights. What? Flour? Why? Ew. Just raw flour. <laughs> yeah, they just <laughs> the canned tuna, it. pepper, I flour, I had a childhood and friend toast. that would like lick her finger and stick it into the flour. And then lick her finger again because she liked the taste of it. Uh, are you guys still friends? No. Okay. Well, that's she good. did actual drugs after that. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> she was learning from stitches, stitches music videos. <laughs> um, and then there's the mayhem that kicked off coast to coast as "Smells Like Teen Spirit" hit MTV. Most notably, the night Kurt crowd surfed at a wild show in Dallas and brained a security guard with his guitar. Ooh. Hmm. I guess that means he hit him in the head. With his yes. guitar? Okay. An all-out stage brawl kicked off, and Kurt had to make a sharp exit in a cab, chased down by the st- or chased down the street by guards like a rather more violent bus wankers. The traffic ground to a standstill. It's good old bus wankers. This must be one of those British terms. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, he almost joined Tom Petty's Heartbreakers. Alex loves Tom Petty. Well, I love Tom Petty. Say. <laughs> no, I don't. The aftermath of Kurt's death is treated with no little delicacy... As Dave flees to Ireland to process the loss, only to be haunted by Cobain's face on T-shirts and confesses that to this day he sees him at the microphone every time he takes the drum stool. But one of the most fateful moments comes when the now aimless, bandless 25-year-old Dave, having recorded the first Foo Fighters album entirely solo, is offered the drummer's seat with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, touring, touring in relative luxury with his own bus. Wow. Hmm. That would be just such a, like mind fuck from going to like being in nirvana and being poor and then just like i've got my own tour bus yeah i don't even tour with tom petty i'm in my bus i wouldn't want my own tour bus i want to hang out with everybody yeah true no i need my own <laughs> well nobody asked you i drive it myself too just to not have anybody <laughs> so else you in there have anybody to deal with <laughs> yeah um in another universe the foos never happened and Grohl spent 25 years running down his post nirvana dream and this one he turned the job down and start- started touting out his tapes he got away from Pantera's strip club. <laughs> I thought it said Panera's. He got turned away from Pantera's strip club. I can't read today either. Oh. Can so who had a strip club? Panera. Panera. <laughs> no, Pantera. Pantera. They, the band Pantera or was just called Pantera? I'll get there. Oh, all right. Sorry. <laughs> I'll shut up. Having met the Metal Legends Pantera at a festival ah. at the Milton Keynes Bowl. Bowl, Grohl was invited to visit them at the clubhouse in Dallas, the band's very own strip club. There's cool. your answer. Within months, a cross-country trip from L.A. to Virginia whoop, whoop, was rerouted 200 miles out of Girl's Way to take up the offer, only for Dave to lose his wallet and route Aww. en route and turn up at the door with no ID. Sorry. That sucks. They didn't. They weren't like, oh, Ooh, it's you're it's Dave, Dave Girl. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> um, Foo Fighters started a Ouija board session at Dave's haunted house. What? 
play with that. Um, it's not real. Did he buy a haunted house? Or did he make it haunted? Um, by using the wedgie one? board. <laughs> the we'll Luigi see. board? Wedgie. Um, with Nirvana's fame at its peak, Grohl bought his first house in Seattle only to be terrified by bangs, bumps, and footsteps in the night. That was Cassie trying to get in. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> um, Sorry, Dave. Don't be, don't be alarmed. She didn't mean any harm. The sense of being followed throughout the house and recurring dreams of a soil-smeared old woman wandering the room. <laughs> it's Cassie. Wow. It's not me. I've, I was going to say, I've never been to Seattle, but I have. <laughs> not at that time. Um, in the hope of tackling the specter, um, Dave organized a Ouija board session, and it was here when he became even more convinced he'd moved into the Amityville Horror that he first met Nate Mandel of Sunny Day Real Estate, who would help him form the Foo Fighters some years later. Hmm. Um, Dave was arrested for drunken scootering in Australia. You've done this. Drunken uh, scootering. Yeah, it's dangerous. I don't recommend it. Uh, one of those, uh, what are they called? Lime scooters. Lime scooters. I didn't fall, but uh, my friend did. She ate shit and she was wearing a dress too oh and so she like wiped out on some gravel road rash yeah she got straight road rash it was huge too it was like her entire thigh it was really bad um and she was like oh no i'm fine and i was like i don't think you're fine like i think that's gonna hurt tomorrow she was like no no no, i'm fine i'm fine um but you know we were (laughs) drunk nothing hurts when you're drunk except heartbreak Except for heartbreak, yes. That's the reason you're drunk. (laughs) I'm so heartbroken right now. (laughs) The Big Day Out Festival Australia 2000 with plenty of free time in beachside resorts on a touring festival known in the band community as the Big Day Off. Grohl and the Foos drummer Taylor Hawkins hire scooters to potter around the Gold Coast before their show. They even ride them to the gig itself where Dave Grohl proceeds to drink several beers and then putter. What the heck? Potter and putter. Um, Back (laughs) again. Toward his hotel, straight into the waiting arms of the booze cops. Oh. I didn't know they had those. Yeah, they must Fun. be on mopeds. That's got to be <laughs> That's what it what, is. Yeah, I think moped. They're not like a. They're not like, like a Vespa. Yeah. Scooter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's not scooters we're thinking of. In the slammer amongst his drunkest fans and a permanent criminal record in Oz. I mean, that's fun. Imagine yeah. you being a drunk fan that night, and then Dave Grohl gets locked up too, and you're like, "Ha Now you have to be in jail <laughs> I'm not with the me. only one. Yeah. That's a cool story. Um, them crooked vultures formed at a jousting feast for his 40th birthday in 2009. Dave took a bunch of friends and his family to Anaheim's Medieval Times restaurant. Nice. Ah. Where parties can feast on sumptuous dishes, barehanded while legions of knights joust and sword fight for their pleasure. Okay. Were, were you there at Dragon Con when we watched mm-hmm. the, the armored fight? Oh, that was so yeah. cool. Armored they, combat? Like, le- crazy. Yeah. like a knight's tale. Yeah, it, no, they were Legit. dressed up in full oh, cool. knight's armor. They, huh. they had blunted weapons, but they were in there just beating the shit out of they, each other. They like like weld or whatever their own yeah, they armor make... and oh, chain mail and shit. That's and then crazy. they make their own helmets and they make their own weapons and then they beat each other with it. It's, it is violent. There's, it's dangerous. Daniel would love that. They yes, have, he they would. Have, they have tournaments over in Europe and uh, it's so awesome because obviously America never had knights, but people from America go over there and they have their... American flag themed uh, oh, night stuff. And they go up in there. And, yeah, well, it's everybody. Each country yeah. comes in, they got their flags on. And I don't know, it's really cool. There's also one called K1, I believe, mm-hmm. which is almost like it's like a one on one combat, but they're in full night armor with their weapons. Mm-hmm. And it's in like an octagon style ring or just a regular boxing style ring. 
That's cool. It's it's cool to watch. Yeah. And they have the huge tournaments where they have like ten on ten, twenty on twenty, and anyways. (laughs) So he did this. So it's nothing like medieval times. (laughs) Basically, it was here that Dave introduced Josh Hahn to Led Zeppelin bassist John Paul Jones, and their secretive supergroup, Them Crooked Vultures, was formed. Um, Dave had Lego synesthesia. From an early age, Dave has seen music in the form of colors. (laughs) The color and the shape. Foo Fighters album. Um, but the storyteller makes a curious confession that he learns the structures of songs by Im- or imagining them as different colored blocks of Lego. Anyway. Well, that's interesting, too. Yeah, I knew he couldn't read imagine music. Imagine songs as Lego blocks. So, you, uh, all right, so I didn't misunderstand that. It's Lego. Lego the toy. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. That's what he said. So, yeah. he, when he's imagining so a song specific. structure, he's seeing it in his head as layers of Lego blocks right. built up. I, I, I can understand that. Yeah, I just I didn't know it would be that specific. I mean, it like, honestly just looks like a it's just something, Pro Tools thing. That's interesting, though. I, d- I didn't think that could be that specific. Like, you just see colors or you interpret things as colors or tastes or whatever it is right i mean it makes sense it it is like what cassie said it's just what pro tools looks like i mean i could imagine so you know i've got pro tools up right here's like a drum kit and like just like the bass drum is like blue and then like you can see i mean he's building legos are in rows so if you like continuously and you have the blue and the green and then like continue like but then i could also see where he could imagine if there's like a droning sound that that's the board that you're building it on. You yeah. know what I mean? And as you're moving from one side of the board to the other, I don't know. I could see it. It makes sense to me. It sounds interesting. There is a girl on TikTok that um, people send her songs and she will make like a color story of what that song, each color happens hmm. as it changes. And she'll like send it off to them as like a poster. And I think that's really cool too, to like use a, piece a talent you have just to like show other people what it looks like to you. It's just a different perspective. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there's your Dave Grohl episode. There will be another one because he has yes. tinnitus as well. Yeah, he's probably from all that gum chewing. He does all that gum oh, chewing. Oh, never mind. Now. That's something what? else. What the What's fuck the are you talking the, about? I, I forgot. Tinnitus was the ear thing. Oh, you're thinking of like the the gingivitis TMJ. Yeah, that's what, it. what is that? That is when you have like a, like almost locked jaw. Your oh. your jaw. Um, it can start off because you like grind your teeth. Um, but he was doing that. He's playing drums with his goddamn teeth. I grind teeth. my teeth at night, um, but I can't wear a mouth guard because it makes me gag. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like it can get stuck. Your jaw like shifts. I have a, like when I go to the dentist do that. because my jaw pops the way it does. Yeah. No. I, she's like, you have to like move because I have a molar. I didn't get removed uh, or a wisdom tooth that I didn't get removed. So like I have to shift this jaw over so she can reach it. And she's like, it's so weird that you can do that. <laughs> Ew. I'm probably going to have jaw issues when I'm old. It's fine. Just take it off. <laughs> Just remove, <laughs> remove the whole thing. Yeah. Interesting. Well, no, he has tinnitus too. And I, I had yeah. found an article on that where he was discussing um, that stuff, but I didn't. Speaking of, what? I went to the doctor to get my hearing tested. I finally get the test back and I'm sitting in the office for like an hour just for this man to tell me that my hearing is fine and that I can hear like a normal level of people talking. But because if I'm in like a, an environment that's noisy, like my job, mm-hmm. and if someone is trying to talk to me and there's other conversations happening that I have selective hearing, basically, like I have a sensory issue that I need to like pick a focal point mm-hmm. and focus on what that person is saying. So when everyone had masks on, I could no longer look at their mouths. And I was right. like, 
<laughs> so Weird. I'm not so it's deaf. Not that you can't hear. It's I just, just have you... sensory overload issues. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. He was super condescending. He walked in. He was like, why are we here? I was like, bitch, I couldn't hear anything. Like, why do you think I'm you here? You're like, an audio doctor. You should have been <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> yeah. So I'm never going back there. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Cassie can hear. Uh, she doesn't have ears full of fluid. I just have brain full of crazy okay brain full of mush <laughs> cool all right well thank you guys for listening find us on facebook search for death by music podcast fans that's our group where you can communicate and interact with us or you can just join the regular facebook page and not speak to us later nerds rest in peace Bye. see ya Music by Demons, at Demons Band on Instagram. Artwork by Mike Johnson. Writing and production by Cassie Gardner, Alex Motler, and Jake.